So, does anybody have any specific topic they want to start talking about? Mm. Oh, actually, I got a good one for this. Oh, go for it. Okay. Um, I was once chased out of a songwriting club in college. We were going around in a circle at this songwriting club, and we were talking about our different like songwriting methods. And I, and I, for me, it was like, uh, well, it just kind of comes out like vomit. Just, just all at once in a giant, powerful stream um, with chunky bits. So what makes you vomit, though? So again, I'm still getting to the part where uh, you know, they chase you out. Well, after that, they kind of scoffed at that idea. It was like, <laughs> they were like, writing it like vomiting. They're all like, yeah. And I'm like, no, it's a perfect analogy because I just walking through my life. And then for whatever reason, my brain twists itself on something. And then just gag reflex song comes out or just lyrics well, the, and ideas. Do you, do you attribute this also because you're very into, I think you, I think that you're very into words and puns and basically the use of language, not necessarily the language itself. <laughs> no, it's fine. I feel like I'm, I'm like I'm like hyper analyzing it under the microscope. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But no, like, I mean, what I know of you is that you enjoy I, 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 I think I'd, I'd be correct to say that you enjoy language and manipulating it. Spelling, on the other hand. Well, I also enjoy spelling. Well, no, because you're very creative about spelling. Yeah, that's, that's why, why I enjoy it. I have to make it fun. <laughs> Spelling's not meant to be creative. It's meant to be you spell the word. I spell like my... I, I, I'm I hurt so bad inside. I spell like I account. We won't tell the IRS that for <laughs> Please you. Please don't. Yeah, say don't cook. Yeah, they don't enjoy that. Yeah, I'm an excellent cook, but you know. You're on record for, you're on record for cooking the books. I want to... <laughs> And this is why you don't handle the books. Oh my God! It's like, how was culinary school? Accounting class was great, Mom. <laughs> but no, that's what I'm talking about. You enjoy language, and kind of twisting it to be where it's like, oh, you know, that makes sense into yeah. the you know comedic effect of it. Well, and it actually, I think I do that more to entertain myself <laughs> because you know language is boring, and like I've largely not been good at it. Uh, specifically because of, like, the spelling and the normal conventions and remembering grammar rules. Like, nuts and bolts-wise, I'm not winning any awards. But my brain does make random associations very well. So I've been using that to try to make English pay for what it did. Also, I'm too afraid to learn another language. Just, just because do it. they sound hard. Again, <laughs> j- just, get bu- just get bullied by the uh, duolingo owl like the rest of us. But I think, you know... At least definitely what I've seen of your songwriting, Ryan. I would definitely agree with Joe that there's definitely like a love for language in there. Or at least a love for the wordplay, specifically yes. wordplay. Yeah, and I yeah. think there's a lot of that in your stuff, and it's super clever. Wordplay and descriptive adjectives. Yep. Describe things. Make people feel I also like making people hurt sometimes with words and also writing. But again, songs. but it's how you manipulate it's how you manipulate those words. Well, not just how, but for what ends too. At a certain well, actually, and that's uh, was it. That's definitely a thing because that's been more of a thing since you went back to Boston, right? Because mm. with like fight with monsters, it was only like the third album I had really started focusing on overarching plot, like narratives. Yeah, m- yeah, narratives and like whole songs the more than just like the moment to moment punches. Okay. Yeah. Like, Red and Blue and the stuff before that was either just flailing or working on, like, the little grainy bits. <laughs> or, uh, you know, Ask Again Later. Yeah! Where I think my favorite critique um, of Ask Again Later, like, lyrics and stuff, was, you know, having songwriting friends, you know, in college 
you know, who study sto- songwriting and really, you know, as an art, listen to be like, these songs are all about nothing. Like, they're great. <laughs> but it's like, the lyrics, they, I mean, they make sense in the form that, you know, he's not screaming gibberish, but like, um, what's the, what was a heavy, fa- uh, not, not, uh, what was, um, I know Space you. Bear Jamboree. No, not that one. I, I know you. You know me. Uh, no. Oh, when you're ready. No, not when you're ready. Uh, talk. T- let's talk. That one. Uh, talk to me. I'll listen. Oh, gosh. Which I know is just definitely. That br- was. Those were not actually my lyrics. Oh, nice. Those were David Wicks's lyrics. Classic. Uh, but yeah, but but just like, but like using that as an example, it's like, yeah, you've got an idea, but it's just going on the idea. But we've got an idea. So here's the idea. And then this. And it's like. You know, they're not bad, but the song's about nothing. Like, oh, like yeah. If you, if oh, yeah. You, you actually break it down. He's not saying anything. Yeah, there's nothing like, well, and that's, I mean, that's largely all the asking later stuff. Like, it might have been inspired by a cohesive idea or a story or a concept, but, but you know, that was also, like, you know, first, like, songwriting project number one. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think as it kind of kept, like, well, especially the stuff I we that we were, we've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff, or, like, post-college songwriting and during college songwriting was definitely way more intentional, right? Right. And there was more of a plot and structure and those sort of things. I mean, all the same wordplay. And I think that one of the only things I got, I really got out of taking a a class for songwriting was uh, learning, uh, like, kind of paying more attention to, to, like, sensory imaging and metaphors and stuff like that. Okay. So going and, like, trying to connect people to the moment. That's also being intentional with your words, too. Yeah. Yeah, which I could totally see if you're refining the fl- you know the vocabulary flailing. Yeah, wacky witty inflatable alarm too, man. But yeah, that's kind of that's how I write songs. I have a hard time revising them because yeah. I want to make a new song when I want to make songs. Yeah, yeah. You, want, you want the new shiny toy. Yeah, but I mean that being said, I can also I can also go and shit out like shit sh- crapping like no no not crapping out pissing out diamonds. The size of... This sounds painful. Jumbo kidney yeah, stones. It's, it's very forceful. But it is possible. <laughs> and potent. Yeah. Like, we've pissed out diamonds before. Yeah. Yeah. It is slow and meticulous, and it's the songwriting that happens without any inspiration. Which is an important skill in and of itself. It sure is. Treating songwriting like a job you just sit down and go and do. Because that's how you build up the muscles for when you do get inspiration. Yeah, see, and I think that's where I need to, you know, in my my own songwriting, um, I do very, very, very well in a collaborative effort. But I think when I'm left to my own devices, I fall too much into the not inspired songwriting. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult for me to like make the thing. Yeah, and mm. you know, sometimes you know, I'll get the inspiration, and I'll just kind of go. You know, it'll usually be a line or this or something and kind of, or like, you know, a concept or idea. But then, you know, it's like, but once the inspiration's done, there's no gas in the tank. But um, I agree. I think, you know, I, I like you kind of putting it that way. It's like, oh, that's the skill about being able to write and push those out when you're not inspired. Yeah. No, I still think always the interesting thing is um, just riffing on the whole collaborative thing. I just think the idea of collaborative songwriting it usually ends up better. Yeah. I don't know. For most most of us, I think if you are just the one person doing the writing, uh, whatever comes out is a little bit stale, for lack of a better word. Like, you have some style, you have some kind of comfort zone, and for most of us, 
we tend to really sit in that box. But if you pull in somebody else like, hey, you're going to write this part of the song and hey, you're going to write this part of the song or this part of the arrangement, whatever, you get something that's a lot more dynamic. Maybe that's the word that I'm looking for and then ends up being significantly more interesting than probably what you could do on your own. It's going to be a very different vision from what you started out, certainly. Um, yeah, and I think that's the real thing is that I I hesitate to say things like better or worse, but I do think that you end up with way more dynamic results if you incorporate other people. Yeah. Sorry, that was a large and frankwood belch. It was it was beautiful. It, if only the rest of the people could have heard that. Why did you why did you turn shy away. away from the microphone? Don't turn away. I was just that was just for my friends. <laughs> it's a personal intimate moment here um, in the studio. But yeah, so I I, I think g- the the whole like group writing, co-writing and doing like working with things in that sort of manner. One of the things I think is really helpful, it's like the same reason shows do like writing rooms or like a writers room mm-hmm. for like just the scripts is just so that you can mass produce stuff, right? You can go and get past any blocks or hurdles. And if you run out of gas, there's like, because for instance, for me, I can write, like, like I said, the vomit analogy. It all comes out really quickly. Yep. But I only, generally, I run into a problem where I get past that, I have enough poop to get past that first chorus. We're mixing metaphors now. Mm-hmm. And then, when second verse, I am out. I have nothing, right? But if I'm collaborating, then someone else can be like, oh, I got an idea for, the, for where we're going they, now. They, they, they yeah. pick up the ball from there. Exactly. So we could get way further than if, you know, than just one sort of powerful sprint and then nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really more of the, uh, that's the best part is that you don't have to do it all on your own. You can put together a team to go and help out with that as long as the team is functional. <laughs> and you're asking musicians to be functional. Not just musicians, songwriters. Oh. <laughs> you're asking the most creative of the musicians, the ones that create the music. <laughs> and usually the most neurotic. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So that's the thing. But, I mean, the, the one thing that I've seen, uh, at least in some of like, the writing room stuff or the, uh, like the collaborative, collaborative writing shit, is the, is the fact that the atmosphere and the mood is everything. Like atmosphere, mood, dynamic, all those things. Dynamics also pretty important um, to go and create the you know those other two things, right? Yeah. To go and keep all the people happy and having fun, you also have to make sure everyone feels like their voice is being heard. Everyone's happy with the direction it's going. Everyone feels like they can raise concerns and complaints, while no one is going and strangling the session. That is like yeah. It's it's a really difficult balance to maintain, especially when you look at the neuroscience of creativity and that we only are making interesting things or cool things when we're in like that play state of like that 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 particular brainwave. I forget what it is. It's not delta. It's something else. Oh, like yeah, so you're going way beyond my understanding. Oh, there's there's like a certain like kind of level of brain activity that's also associated with play that is where creativity just happens right versus analytical and critical thinking which doesn't happen or basically and that goes and shuts it down however it's like the yin and yang thing and it's hard to go and really segregate a whole session with that but if everyone's batting around ideas and feeling kind of safe and having fun then it's just like you can't even stop the creativity if you wanted to yeah Yeah. it's just the ball keeps rolling exactly well and i find that out it's like anytime i go and bat around the idea of doing stand-up I'm like, yeah, I'm really, really great if I'm having fun and feeling safe with my friends to go and make jokes all the time. But as soon as I have to do it on demand, dry as dry as a hooker in Tucson. 
That was an interesting choice of metaphor yeah, right yeah. But see, I'm feeling safe, which is why I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you really shouldn't feel safe. No, I shouldn't, I don't but feel I do. safe after that. <laughs> Look at that. Um, um, yeah, so I guess that's my... <laughs> those, are, those are almost all of my thoughts on the topic. Yeah, no, and also that's an interesting thing to bring up because... Um, I do think it also it requires both sides, and that's you're right. That's hard to manage mm-hmm. because at some point it's all right. We've got all these wonderful ideas, and now we've got to wait, put them into some kind of shape, and then are creative types also hypercritical? Oh God, especially so hypercritical, especially I would imagine. Do, wait, do we also care immensely about what other people think about our work? I like to believe that's why we're creative. We are incapable of doing that. Like, hey, I'm self-validated. Yeah, we're incapable of creating our own validation. We need it from others. Nah, put this out in the world. Please tell me this is okay so I can feel good about myself. (laughs) That is a motivation. (laughs) It is the motivation. 